0: Welcome to the Dental Money Lounge, the place where dentists can tune in to grow their money, wealth and financial knowledge. Here are your hosts, Hassan Mushade and Max Bazzucchini.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Dental Money Lounge. I'm joined today by my special guest, Nikki Rowland, who's traveling from uh, numerous places in the UK to come and see (laughs) me today. She's got a busy day. This is our first video version of, of of the podcast that you normally hear. This will also be going on the podcast as well, so we will be extracting the audio, but I want to take advantage of having Nikki in Manchester. Nikki, how are you?
0: I'm good, thank you, and thanks for having me in on your show.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, Thank you for popping down to see us today. So Nikki is renowned in dentistry. She's been doing talks for numerous years. She's been helping practices with various areas really, it's not just one, I mean, you're like a, <laughs> you know everything. A
0: <laughs> Jack of all trades. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you're like properly experienced and advanced in things like managing a team, communication, the the the, the, the legislation side, uh, you're also good at kind of coaching, marketing as well I would say. Mm-hmm. and. Yeah, that's, you're just an all round person. I think yeah. when you
0: run a practice yourself and you've been a business owner, yeah. you learn all those things.
1: That's actually something I wanted to mention because yeah. I'm, I'm sure some of my viewers may not know this. You've actually had a practice. Was just what practice that you started initially?
0: It was called Perfect 32. It's still in existence, but uh, my husband and I have sold it on. Yeah, um, He still works there, but I've now got my own business called Practices
1: Made Perfect. Yeah. You can actually check them out. I'll put the link to the to Nikki's website at the, end of the, at the end of the video in the comments. By the way, this is all live, so if I do make any errors <laughs> and bloopers, please forgive me. Likewise, me, me too. <laughs> so you started the practice. You pretty much went through the whole experience of growing, managing the teams, mm-hmm. and then successfully exiting. Absolutely. Now, that's the, the crucial point there, exiting, really.
0: It is, and we always had a long-term goal. We yeah. knew we didn't want to be in business forever until yeah. through to retirement. So from the minute that we set up the practice, we had an exit strategy. Yeah. And it was it was how we implemented that year on year on year. Yeah. So, you know, staff development for us was key to driving that that yeah. end goal.
1: So, we will be talking about how you can actually develop your team towards a specific goal and then if you are looking for the exit strategy, how you can implement that. So, Nikki, when you when you first you mentioned one of the, the key thing you mentioned there is when you first started you already had a uh, an exit, and a goal mm-hmm. in mind. Did you have a, a, a time frame to achieve that goal?
0: I think we gave ourselves ten years. Ten years, okay. To to do the whole process, yeah. start from the you know the beginning, build up a practice, and it, it was a residence. It was a you know we set it up as a squat, yeah. as a one man practice, and within three years we had three surgeries and we doubled our turnover. Wow, okay,
1: wow. So
0: we achieved a lot in a very short space of time. Yeah. Um, and because we did that we won a lot of awards and one of those was the national training awards for the small employer. We won the regional award for Yorkshire and Humber and we were runners up nationally. Wow, okay. Just in and around the strategy that we put into place to train our team to drive business development.
1: Have you had any experience of managing or or creating a successful practice prior to that? Not at all, I was a busy therapist. Wow, okay. So (laughs) moving from a different industry, Mm-hmm. To running a practice is a difficult task. I it have is. seen dentists having sleepless nights and even managers mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. sleepless nights, just with the amount of stress you can have with especially team and people. Because people are not analytical or logical.
0: Absolutely, they're not logical. And they're they're the most difficult bits of managing any practice. It's it's the staff.
1: You know how, how, so how, how I mean, physiotherapy, when mm-hmm. you were doing that, yes. did you have any people that you managed no nope not at all so how all. did you manage that stress of getting to a goal and moving people towards that goal as well it's
0: all about strategy and when i when i'm talking about strategy it's about having a plan um for me you wouldn't get in a car and start driving without a destination in mind and it's absolutely the same in business yeah. you know when you set up a business you need to know where you're going and where you want to take that business and, and not just drive in the dark yeah so for me i set myself month by month, year by year, targets to meet, set strategic objectives, um, which most people know as smart objectives, so the specific, measurable, achievable, realistic and time-framed. So for me, that was like, you know, my, my business plan was my map, Yeah. but my smart objectives were my satnav. Yeah. and I call it my stratnav.
1: So you've got the goal in mind, which is your business plan. And That's the
0: destination. And then you have
1: the milestones or the other.
0: And then, yeah, month yeah. by month, year by year, we, we had milestones, yeah, and those SMART objectives, you know, we, if we took a detour, they always took us back on track, yeah. and kept us pointing in the right direction.
1: And again, because of the SMART goals, because they were measurable, mm-hmm. you if you're progressing month by month.
0: Absolutely, you know, some months we might have been behind target, so we'd sit down with our team and say, "Come on, guys, we need to pull our socks up." Yeah, you know, the good months when we were, you know, overperforming, it was amazing. You know, yeah. we could reward our team and and praise them yeah. for, for working extra hard and we did reward them. You know, we took them to Wimbledon, wow, we, okay. we took them on some amazing trips yeah. to incentivise them and motivate them and they loved it.
1: Wow, okay. that's actually. I'll, I'll come back to that topic. Okay. Could I ask you to possibly share what your goal was for that practice?
0: Yeah, I think we had a financial yeah. figure in mind, what we wanted the value of the business to be. Yeah when we so sold val-
1: so not the turnover the value of the business the
0: value on sale
1: yeah yeah okay
0: so for me it was having a look at that endpoint and thinking year by year what does that mean we have to achieve so I was forecasting I was yeah. looking ahead I was thinking these are my milestones as you say yeah this is where I need to get the team to and the figures to look like how do I achieve that and the only way is to take baby steps break it all down and that's where it comes back to you, your smart objectives, your stratnav.
1: So usually businesses that are uh, existing businesses, because they have accounts for the previous years, Mm. they can use that data to then project the following years. From a new practice ownership, Mm. how were you uh, calculating the projection? Was it just based on the final goal and then breaking that down Mm. over the 10 years? Absolutely
0: that, year on year on year, if we wanted to get to that destination and that figure how did that break down year by year yeah and literally that's that's how I forecasted
1: how did you or what was the goal or vision that you had for your team that you kind of saw at the end goal this is how they will this is the number of people I would have this is how they uh, behave or this is the kind of ethos they had what was that vision like
0: my vision was to have a team that were like my second family wow okay and just as I treat my children, yep. that's how I treated my staff. So yep. I was firm but fair, I was consistent in my leadership style. You know, they weren't my friends as such, yep. they, they were my colleagues. And I shared, and I think if you if you have that, that shared goal and you're consistent in your management style, yep. you build trust. If your team trusts you, you can have those open and honest conversations. Yep. They can bring things to the table, they're not frightened to be a, outspoken, yeah. there's no fear of conflict you know, or reprisals, so you then get commitment, you yeah. gain commitment from, from your team, you can then hold them accountable if yeah. things aren't going wrong and equally they can hold you to account because well, okay. I was learning on my feet, yeah. I didn't know everything and I did make a lot of mistakes yeah. and that is one key thing that I can take into other practices is things that went wrong, Yeah. I can prevent that happening in other practices because I've actually had to go through that yeah, experience. Yeah. So, you know, if you can gain the commitments, hold your team accountable, you can get the fine level of detail in your practice, which actually drives business yeah. development. But what is key to that is making sure that your team have got the right skills, yeah. the right knowledge base, but more importantly than anything, the right attitude.
1: Yeah.
0: And this Harvard University actually did some research and they took a t- hundred of the top businesses Yeah. Um, think it was in the world okay and they looked at what made them successful and they broke it down and I might not be absolutely um, accurate in my figures here but I think 15% of success was down to the team's knowledge base 35% was down to their ability to deliver but 55% was down to attitude 55% 55 of of the success of those businesses was down to the attitude of the team so for me, that was key to our business success yeah. and driving the business forward. It was to generate the right attitude, yeah. the right culture in which those team members could operate yeah. so I could get the best out of them and they could get the best out of their work life yeah. too. Because it, is it a, works a both big, ways.
1: big factor of life, really. Yeah, I mean,
0: absolutely.
1: You, they probably spend more time with, you, with yourselves or within a business or the employers mm. and employees more than they would with their partners or children, really. Uh,
0: yes, absolutely, right, yeah.
1: Key thing you mentioned there, Mm -hmm. attitude, culture, fifty-five percent contributes towards the success of a business. Mm -hmm. What kind of things did you implement or learn that could help improve the attitude of of, of the team?
0: Firstly, that trust. Yeah. So having an open door policy, that firm for you know and consistent leadership style. As I say, you know if if you treat everybody the same. Yeah. And you are firm but fair. You know if things go wrong or you know you, you praise where. Rewards are due yeah. in whatever form you decide to do that. You build that trust, and you earn respect. Yeah. And if people respect you, and you've got a great working relationship, you respect them. Yeah. It's self-perpetuating. You now you, people invest in you, yeah. And you, if you are investing in them, and you know, at the end of the day, only the best people can drive best practice. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, so my philosophy was always to invest in my team.
1: Okay. To so upskill yeah. them
0: give them the skills give them the knowledge generate the right attitude yeah and you know if you've got that right attitude in your practice yeah. you can feel it when you walk through the door of a practice i know yeah, whether yeah, there's definitely. a good culture in that practice yeah. right from the first minute that i'm through the door yeah. patients feel that
1: yeah not definitely I, I i can feel that as well when you, when you walk in practice so you can yeah. see when there's a positive team there
0: absolutely you know so it's i i teach a lot about you know the front desk yeah and and how the front desk actually they're so important to the whole process you know they're the meet and greet they they're forming the first impression but also the lasting impression yeah so really you know your reception team are key to business success and that is one of the things I was training on yesterday wow okay but I think more than anything it's investing in your team yeah and we always have the philosophy of we we used to pay for all our CPD yeah and any training that the team wanted to do providing that what they wanted to do, fitted with our business strategy, yeah. and helped drive the smart objectives, yeah. and, and drove the greater machine forwards, then we we would invest in their, yeah. their developments.
1: Key word that you use there is invest in their development. Now, I've come across practice owners that don't see it as an investment, they see it as mm. an expense. They do. And that's a kind of a different mindset shift.
0: Completely different mindset. Because that
1: skill is going to be transferred back into your own practice, hence the thought investment, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you're investing in people. So mind change, actually mind shifting mm. the way you see and perceive things can have a, a big impact really on your, on, on your goals. Something I really want to ask, and, 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 I, and I think a lot of people may have problems and, and experiences with this as well, where if, for, some, for example, your team members or if, you, if you've acquired a practice and then the team members are pre-existing and then they have their own mentality or, mm. or uh, way of thinking and how they uh, conduct their, their daily business, do you think with the right attitude investing in business uh, in the people creating that culture could you change anybody or were you quite selective with the people that you hired and brought into the team
0: because we were a, a squad we were a new setup recruited our yeah. own team right from the start and actually We set the business up in 2005. The very first person that we employed is still there. She's now practice manager. Wow. Okay. And it was a building site when those girls came in for interview. It was just dust and yeah, yeah, bricks and mortar everywhere. So they took a massive risk, yeah, as much as we did, yeah. (laughs) You know, taking on the role, yeah. But yet, Chris is still there. She's um, she's leading from the front now okay and you know when she came to us she was a receptionist in another practice so equally for her because we invested in her so
1: she's kind of grown with you guys she's
0: grown yeah she's grown and she's doing an amazing job
1: did you did you ever make any hires that couldn't adapt to the culture or you couldn't You regardless of how much you invested they just couldn't change their own mindset
0: yes I think you're always going to get your difficult team members everybody's got different personalities, everybody sees things a different way. And I think sometimes when you're introducing change and people get used to an yeah. idea, you know, like we've got used to one CQC regime, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. And then bang, they changed it overnight in April 2015. Yeah. And it's those kind of changes that have a significant impact overnight that people think, oh, I, I really haven't got the energy for this. Yeah. So it's actually selling the benefits yeah. of that change to your team. Yeah and hand holding them through it. And again, you know if you feel that there's a team member that's not keeping up, yeah. they might need additional support. Yeah. You know and my philosophy was d- don't go and do the you know the finger pointing and, the, and and the ticking off. They might have that personality where they might need a little bit of coaching, a little bit of extra time for them to see the benefits of yeah. that change. And you know, I think one of the positives of a CQC ins- inspection and th- and the framework that we're given now is that it's a framework for best practice. Yeah. So why not embrace it? Yeah. You know why why not be the best that you can be? Yeah. Because patients then feel the tangible difference. They will then spread the word about how amazing you are. If we do start getting rated and we do yeah, get yeah. that green star, I don't know why it's green, <laughs> and it's not gold, but it's a green star. Yeah. Then you know that's your most powerful marketing tool. It is, yeah you know, the, the public are very savvy, and usually what's published in the press about dentistry is all the bad stuff. Yeah, that's true. And and, and they will pick up, you know, the media will pick up that's true, yeah. um, the bad stuff from CQC reports, because it's in the public domain.
1: Yeah, bad um, news travels so, faster.
0: Yeah, absolutely, it does. So, you know, if you do get that recommendation from the CQC, because they, they can commend you if yeah. you're doing amazing stuff, then use those bits of your CQC reports for your marketing yeah you know put it on your website put it on your social media tell the, the you know the community yeah. how amazing you are
1: yeah okay good insight there really so it's just being patient giving a different style of coaching and, and mm-hmm. then training to uh, meet each individual's mm-hmm. style of learning absolutely so that means that regardless of who your team is or uh, where they're from or what experiences they have with the right mindset the right style of training right coaching you can shift them to your way of thinking or to your absolutely business Absolutely you can. Goal. Mm-hmm. That's actually y- you a huge insight. You yeah. absolutely can.
0: And one of the things that myself and my business partner deliver on our Institute and Leadership of Management executive course is learning and finding out about each yeah. individual team member right from the start.
1: That is my fault. This is, is that live? your fault? I thought that was my
0: fault, but it's not. So, you know, it's, it's understanding each individual. Yeah. You know, we, we call it an interview, not an interview, an interview. So, what are their motivations? What are their aspirations? What are the things the bad experiences they've had before yeah. when they've been employed elsewhere? You know, what what intimidates them? What what are their anxieties? How, how,
1: so, do you have a, a set of questions, or how do you? Mm-hmm. Is there like a specific question that extract that yep. personal mm-hmm. information?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and for me, it was having an open door policy. You yeah. know, we're all human,
1: yeah.
0: and there's so many businesses that say, leave your problems at the door when you come to work, that is not my mindset at all. You know, you, if you've got a team member who's not performing well, yeah. you know, often there's things going on in their head, personal issues, Yeah. and it wasn't that I wanted to know what the personal issue was, but, you know, if you're there to support, and they know that they can come and talk to you, yeah. and you're supporting them no matter what, you're always gonna get the best out of them.
1: Yeah, I can, I can see exactly what you mean when you said, It's similar to parenting.
0: It is absolutely. You still got to be supportive,
1: regardless of Mm -hmm. what the issues are. Yeah, it might be tough,
0: but you've got to have that little conversation. and Say, "This is life, guys. You know, we're here to support you. Yeah, and it's going to be tough going, but we've got to get through this. Yeah, and we can get through it together.
1: And that's that's what.
0: And and there's a solution to every problem, isn't there? And that's what I always say to my girls, and that's what how I used to treat my staff.
1: So now, (laughs) (laughs) so with the the kind of the, the intro I gave before. You can see how that's expanding now. So you're a coach as well. I know, Yeah. Kind of a mentor Mm -hmm. slash trainer. So your experience is quite vast, actually. So having that separation between being a mentor, coach and leader to being a friend. As a friend, when you say things, or for example, I think I made a mistake as well. well, When I was a a practice manager previously, where I did become too friendly with a member Mm -hmm. of staff. And when giving directions or... Uh, asking for uh, requests for power work really, they took it emotionally. Absolutely. and, and, and I regret that because mm. then they don't see you as a leader anymore no. But more of a on the same power level mm-hmm. kind of as a friend. Yes. How did you create or what kind of boundaries and, and, and what kind of strategies did you put in place to kind of keep that barrier between entering that friend zone and, 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 and not allowing that mm. to happen really with, with emotion?
0: it's all about communication at the end of the day it's sometimes i had to plan the conversations i was going to have um i can remember you know gardening on a weekend and planning that difficult conversation i was going to have and you have to dig deep and find courage sometimes yeah you know you you want to be friends with a lot of people want to be friends with everybody i did i was just like you but it's having that conversation where you're taking the emotion out of it and you're actually setting the scene by saying this is not personal. Yeah. This is about the business. You know, I hope you see it in the same way as I do. But, you know, if perhaps if something isn't being done as well as it needed to be, yeah. you know, it's like let us go and have a look at this process. Let's have a look where things aren't going so well.
1: Yeah.
0: And I'm here to support you make those changes. It's all about support. It's it's not about, you know, the finger pointing as I said. Yeah and people not doing things right because actually sometimes the fail- failures are with the management. Yeah. And you know I can put my hands up and sometimes say I don't think I I laid down my expectations as clearly as the yeah. team needed them to be laid out. And again it's like children. You actually have to say these are the rules.
1: Yeah.
0: This is how we're going to play it. Yeah. If you overstep the mark, then I'm going to bring you back in. Yeah. And you've got to set your expectations, but equally the staff have got to understand what those expectations are, and what is the consequence of overstepping the mark. Just like with a child. Your children will still love you for for doing that, and actually, that's how you gain respect from your team. Wow, okay. And and if if you're consistent in your approach, and you do that with everybody, then they will all respect you, and they will then start to see that actually it is part of the business process, and it isn't about personal things. You know, if you do handpick people to you know tick off then it does start becoming personal yeah. particularly if you let somebody who's very difficult to manage slip through the net and often when you've got a challenging team member yeah it's so much easier just to, to ignore the problem yeah and think I can't have that conversation because it's going to cause upset and yeah. aggro but you have to challenge yourself to challenge that person because other people become resentful if you let those difficult people get yeah. away with it. No, that's actually interesting. And, yeah. and, and that is that is the challenge of being a manager. Yeah, being a practice manager.
1: Actually, those are all being useful insights, really. And I have one last question because I don't want to take up too much of your time. No, fine. Got numerous <laughs> meetings throughout the day, uh-huh. and you're actually traveling the country in a way. Putting your kind of uh, expectations out there and your kind of vision out there, so your team know the boundaries and, and the rules mm-hmm. and what you expect from them and what they expect from you. Did you have a process in place like? Or, I mean, um, for example, if, if a new team member on boards, did you then have this certain systemized protocol like, okay, I'm going to run through kind of the, the, the general intro to, to the practice or the introduction, kind of like, uh, hey, the safety measures and the emergency exits and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, the expected general stuff. And then do you have like kind of separate processes? I mean, just to share something of an insight from my side, every time we take on a, on a team member, we then have a sit down and we go through the mission and vision statement for the business to clearly understand why we do what we do mm-hmm. and what we're trying to achieve. I've never actually thought about the, the expectations. I, I never actually mm-hmm. considered that really, and mm-hmm. that's something I might try and implement within my mm-hmm. business now as well. What was your kind of like uh, systemized protocol to saying, look, this is uh, a new team person's come in, this is what I'm going to do next next in these stages to make sure that they are understand the boundaries, the rules, expectations, and, 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 and get them with a positive start to okay. the new venture? In the world. For
0: me, it starts at the interview stage.
1: Wow. Oh, okay. And
0: actually, talking about mission statements, yeah. one of the things I used to do in interviews was actually give our mission statements to the applicants, ask them to read it and say, how do you think you're going to fit with that culture? What are you going to bring wow. to the table? Okay. That's such a interesting. And that interesting. actually sorted the men from the boys because yeah, yeah. if you've got somebody who is thinking in the same way as you, yeah. they don't have to think for long yeah. to answer that question. Wow. If somebody doesn't get that mission statement, yeah. and isn't buying into it, then it's it's quite revealing.
1: That's an awesome tip. That's actually an awesome <laughs> tip. I think that's going to change a lot of uh, success with hiring new people really.
0: It is. And you know, looking at what CQC are looking at yeah. at the moment? Um, they found since they introduced the new regime in April 2015 yeah. that there's still a, a large proportion of practices that are failing inspections within the well-led key line of inquiry. Yeah. So you know, basically, when you drill down into what that means, it means good leadership, good management, and good governance systems.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, when you're recruiting, if you're getting the wrong team in, you know, team member yeah. coming through the door that doesn't blend with your culture. Yeah. Firstly, they're very difficult to manage. They're very difficult to get rid of if you want, yeah. if they're not, if they're a destructive force in your practice. Yeah. So, you know, for me, to answer your question, it started off in interview, but I also had a personal specification alongside the job description. So, okay. what I was looking at was not just somebody's knowledge and abilities yeah. um, and skill set, I was looking at their personal attributes, their behaviours that side of things that reflect re- reflected their attitude yeah and as we said earlier that's 55% yeah, yeah. of success is somebody's attitude yeah that is so important if the wrong person with the wrong attitude yeah. comes into your business it can be like a time bomb yeah
1: so you had a good filter our system absolutely from the onset, right really.
0: from the onset and then once you recruit um, sorry let me go back a step I always used to have a person in the practice for a day working in the d- day
1: just to kind of test them out and, and test them see out, how they
0: are. find out whether they were right for us if we were right for them exactly yeah you know it works both ways and to see how they interacted with the team yeah. you know what their work ethic was yeah and, and i think that that's a really healthy thing to do yeah yeah before you actually physically recruit somebody yeah when you do it is a system yeah. it absolutely has to be you have to have a rigorous induction yeah and again it's something that cqc will look for
1: not oh, will yeah they will. Uh, you know
0: they want to know that that person's been trained to work safely
1: yeah.
0: efficiently and in a responsive way yeah as soon as possible awesome so an in- insight, induction yeah. program has to be systematic yeah and it needs to be documented as well because it's yeah. one thing cqc will look for and will ask for yeah
1: it's the it's the evidence really yes
0: and i i always think somebody needs to be coached through that induction process, okay. so they fully understand not just the systems and the processes in yeah. place, but the expectations, the standards that you expect. Yeah, uh, because it could be very different in in the previous place that they've worked before. Exactly. Yeah, and if it's somebody who's young and inexperienced, you can actually then nurture them and direct them to be the person that you require them to be. Yeah within your practice yeah that so you know that I think potential. inductions have to be a hand holding process it's not just a tick box exercise yeah, to yeah. say I've shown you this I've handed you this policy it's actually people understanding your expectations and when it comes down to policies and procedures that they can actually implement them yeah. and it plays out in the reality of what they're doing day by day
1: in practice no that's actually awesome 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 insight into how to on board as well Nikki you've given us tons of insight into making sure the team is right from the onset how to keep them motivated and, and, and remain a strong and positive leader but also look at leadership and from a different perspective as well because it's not just about being a business manager or leader it's just actually been a lot more than that you're a lot more mm-hmm. involved with a, with a human uh, uh, not absolutely just employees. you
0: are and you know talking about the practice being the machine yeah you know if if you're getting in that car you're going to drive to your destination which I hope is success yeah those team members are cogs in an engine. Yeah. In the engine of that car, they've got to know which way to turn and at what speed to turn. So they you know, they mesh yeah. with their colleagues to drive that bigger engine, the practise yeah. forwards.
1: Yeah, no, it all makes sense. And thank you for being on the show. I've actually found this useful for my own business.
0: Great, oh, that's <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Thank you, thank you for being on the show and I hope uh, to
1: have you again one day.
0: Okay, thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me.
1: Also guys, remember to stay tuned <laughs> and sign up to our podcast. And if you haven't watched the video, check the link below or in the description, you can see the video as well. See you soon.
0: A word from our sponsors, the creative composite, dental marketing, which helps you grow the Pluto partnership, where professionalism meets confidence.